You are on Max's Island, a podcast by Meet Max Power. On Max's Island podcast, you'll hear the lived experiences of people who choose to live life a little differently. It might be a story of when they took time out and dared to do something crazy. Perhaps they made a decision to leave it all behind and follow their dreams. Or maybe they just stopped listening to what other people thought and did what was right for them. This experience becomes a story that is part of them and one that you need to hear. So, now that you're on Max's Island, listen to the wisdom in these stories and you too will be inspired to do what you have always wanted to do. On Max's Island today, I have Courtney Nichols with me. Hi, Courtney. Welcome to the island. Hi, how are you going? <laughs> I'm well. Courtney, on the island, we love to hear stories from our guests. Perhaps that time in their life where they did something a little different. Perhaps followed a path that wasn't necessarily one that was set out for them and they made a decision to do something a little bit different. Or life just threw a bit of a curveball. What's your story today? My story is my decision to go back to uni, which was quite a, a massive decision for me being a full-time worker and a little bit older than just the out-of-school age. <laughs> so one of those classic mature age students. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and how recent was this? Uh, two years ago. So why did you make that decision to give away a working life and go to university? Well, it wasn't easy financially, so I was obviously very lucky to have a supporting partner. But the reason that I did make that big change was because I wasn't feeling fulfilled in what I was currently doing and I felt that I had changed jobs across a 10-year period and I just found that, unfortunately, I needed a degree to get into something a bit more elaborate or something a bit more design-based, um, which is my creativity and where I wanted to head. So that was one of the main reasons. So you mentioned creativity. Is that something that has been a big part of your life up until now? And have you worked in that sp- in a space where you could uh, allow your creativity to, to, to come out? Actually, yes. So when I left school, I went uh, straight into a retail job that consists of um, decor. So there was a lot of creativity in setting up the store. But from that point, um, I actually went to TAFE, which was maybe only a couple of years out of school. Um, And at TAFE, I actually qualified as a, a jewelry designer. So, yes, I've definitely had opportunities previously in working in uh, more of a design aspect. And did you work as a jewellery designer? 
So jury in Western Australia is quite hard. Um, so I was still quite young at that point and there was, uh, I felt there was only two pathways. One pathway was to do my own business, which did require a lot of financial backing. And at that point, I probably wasn't mature enough yet to really go into that small business. Um, and then the other opportunity was to work uh, within the WA businesses. And I did get an opportunity at a uh, specific WA company. But unfortunately, um, with the position, there was already a designer there. They were looking for someone to possibly help out, but the position ended up just being a salesperson. And that definitely wasn't what I wanted. So unfortunately, I, I left that place and went back into retail for a while because it was really hard to um, go back into the industry knowing that that was what was available in Western Australia and I wasn't really mature enough or prepared enough to move into the eastern states. And at any stage did you continue it you know from a hobby point of view or a, uh, a side hustle point of view? So it's funny you say that because um, a lot of the jewellery designer side of things is actually drawing, colouring, painting. Um, so in that aspect, yes. So I had a hobby on the side, which was just painting in general on canvas. So unfortunately, I didn't have my own little workshop to actually work with metal, um, but I did carry on that sketching and drawing and colouring. Um, so that was still fulfilling my creative brain for a while so you've got a bit of a back catalogue there of designs ready to be made <laughs> you could say that yes <laughs> so it sounds like going back to retail was out of necessity to a degree and it gave you some sort of stability from an employment point of view did that have any particular direction or was it just simply based to to be a job and uh, while you had the opportunity to reflect and decide what you're going to do next Obviously, um, within that period was almost 10 years and I actually had one of my bosses from the one of the original jobs that I held as a manager really needing support and that was the retail shop that required decor and visual aids. So lucky for me, I managed to go back into a a kind of a design aspect in retail, as well as obviously, as you just said, financially, I wasn't able to just then jump straight back into something else to study without really thinking about what I wanted to do and what that meant in WA, if that was the choice I wanted to make in staying here. During that time, you must have been thinking very deeply about your future and what study opportunities there were that were going to leave you down that career path. Were there any stages that that became too overwhelming at any point in time or was the dream always bright and it was just a case of getting the timing right? As a maturing woman, we unfortunately have a choice to make or at least something to think about on top of just our career, which is that if we choose to have children, that does affect us without question. Um, now, obviously, me and my partner had spoken about children and that is something we really wanted. So when I was in the full-time position in the retail, thinking about what would fulfill me, I also had to consider my future that was coming up quite quickly, being uh, in my late 20s, in the decision of whether I was wanting to have children. So yes, it did become very overwhelming. However, 
I couldn't help but still have that driving passion coming through that just was just I couldn't let it go. I said, even if I did want children, I am also a human. I also have needs. And and what I learned from my mom, which was that that children are, are obviously a massive commitment and that's that's a big decision itself and I don't want to be selfish. But at the same time, at the end of the road in terms of um, that initial motherhood, you know, as your children are getting older and they're moving out of home, I still wanted that me coming back through, that possibility of a career lurking in the distant that I could come back to after children. So that was something that was really driving me. It sounds like it was a real conflict between, you know, emotional following your dream. And we hear that all the time, you know, follow your dream, do what you want to do, take your your best job is the one that you have the most passion for. But I think you've just proved that life can be very complicated because there is a practical side of things. There's also consideration of others. And for someone, and you said, you know, you were in your late 20s, to be honest, you're a very young person from an experience point of view. So to have to make significant decisions about your future, and look, we've all been through that, but it really is something that uh, I can imagine was very difficult for you. Having said that, you considered all of the decisions and and what decision did you make? And in particular, how did you communicate that to others in your life, your partner, your family? Um, So as you said, all those considerations were really hard to, you know, put into a line, I guess, as such. As they say, you can only uh, draw the dots backwards. You can't um, see them forwards. Um, looking back now, I can see the dots and where they aligned. But at the time, I had a lot of things to face. I had my partner who um, was also um, in a position at work that he wasn't doing so well. Um, and to be completely honest, um, if it wasn't for that, um, he may not have understood how passionately I I felt about change. He's very rigid in his ways, which I love about him. But at the same time, there are times where people can't see what other people are feeling and it makes it really difficult to then be empathetic and supportive. So there was that moment where you could see, he could see the financial disruption of our path. And it is, it's huge. You know, going to university, you take on a debt. You take not only on a debt, you also are not working as much as full time. So you're losing money as well. So it's a it's a massive financial commitment. But in the end, I think what he realised was what I just said before. As much as uh, we are the women who provide the babies, we are also still driven. We are also still still wanting things to inspire ourselves to get through this thing called life. And as much as the financial burden was quite intense, um, he did realise how important it was to be happy in some way in the direction that you're going in your life. What a great answer. You've really articulated those challenges very clearly. And that proves that obviously a lot of thought went in to this decision a lot of thought went into the discussions that were had the decision you made to go back to university what area of study did you go back into and in particular 
what was the dream job that you were preparing for? Funny you ask that because um, back when I was doing my jewellery course, I had an option of a few different um, things that I could do. Uh, jewellery only came about because it was within the initial certificate. But what I actually really wanted to do was interior architecture or also known as interior design. And at that point in time, it obviously wasn't the decision for me to make. But now, uh, looking back over my time, it was exactly now what I want to do. The reason I wanted to do it was because I'm very creative, but I'm also very curious about the world. And what a lot of people don't realise about interior architecture is that it's not just about how a a room can be set out, Uh, you know, it can make you feel nice with the right colours and soft carpet under your feet. It's really about how do we live, how do we be in spaces, what is a space, like how do we exist? And in, in all attributes, technically we have an interior inside of our brain that we imagine and comfort ourselves within. So it's not just about the materialistic side of things. It's actually quite psychological of how we are in our spaces. So it's exactly what I wanted to do because it answers the questions of life that I, I think, needed and need now. I'm really fascinated by that mature approach to, to living because we do see everything around our house starts at often this very basic square design, very traditional. You know, we're in a currently in a situation where building new homes is just going ahead in leaps and bounds, continually growing, continual urban sprawl, continuing trying to put more things into a smaller space. And one of the problems of that is everything's about speed and expediency and less about creating space it's actually about creating rooms and creating structure but creating space is quite a different concept and I'm fascinated that that was perhaps one of the things that has drawn you to this space with the influence of your creativity what's one of the things that has taken you by surprise going into this field that you didn't expect One thing I truly was surprised at when I started the degree was, one, how nervous I was to go back to study and sit at a table with kids that were coming out of school and I'm sitting there going, goodness me, like, you're so young. (laughs) Um, Yet at the same time, they had that academic freshness in their mind you know I hadn't written an essay in 10 years so you can just imagine how I must have felt Um, however what I didn't quite realize was I had life experience and people talk about life experience a lot but I think until you get into those moments where you have an idea or you're able to talk in front of people because you're in retail and you've managed and you've done it for 10 years, you don't realise these abilities that you have just by living and being and doing that 
it brings to the table. So that was one thing that I really truly found at uni that I never thought could be possible was that I really had something to bring to the table that no one else could really bring unless they've had life experience. And did you find that once you saw that spark and saw that unique thing that you were able to bring to to the classroom every day or to conversations that you were really comfortable in doing that, using some of those life experiences to to pose questions or, or have opinions? It got to the point where I probably had to step back a little bit because <laughs> I was probably asking too many questions and I couldn't let the 18-year-old sit there and not ask questions. I think I had to get to a point where I had to influence them in some way to show their experiences. Even at 18, you have your own something to bring to the table, but you may not just have the confidence to push it forward. So I hoped that, um, well, I don't hope, I, I knew from uh, now being two years and there's a, a quite a few kids that I know there and they've really blossomed. Um, and I, I'd like to think that they could see that it's not so scary to ask questions. If anything, it's really great to. And by seeing me do it, they've had the confidence to then do it themselves. So, yeah. <laughs> and what's the future with regard graduation? What's the expectation? And then what's the market like? You talked about the jewellery market. What's the interior design, interior architecture market like? Well, as you can imagine, before I started uni, I definitely researched into that so I didn't make the same mistake. (laughs) Moving forward, um, I've definitely got a lot more opportunities in Western Australia as an interior architect to step into a position. My expectations at the end are also unfortunately a little bit blurred. Um, So as you say at the beginning of your podcasts, being in the now Um, I definitely think that is really important for a lot of people because I think if we focus too much on the future, our lines get a bit blurred, we get a bit anxious and we lose focus on what we're actually doing this for. And to be honest, we can only control what we're doing in the now anyway. So to be frank with what's happening for the future, I really don't know. But I guess I just hope that the combination of recently engaged, getting married, having kids and having a successful career, uh, hopefully I can find a balance. (laughs) Well, it sounds like, Courtney, that you really think about your life and, and that goes into your planning. But just as we start to wind up, I'm curious to know, and let's going back to the course and some of the things that are involved in interior architecture, We've got a very diverse society now. The level of inclusiveness is uh, really important. And obviously that, I'm sure, would come into the work that you're doing um, at at university and the the study about how we do create spaces for inclusion. Is there something in particular that is really interesting, the way that we're evolving our thoughts around creating that space for all people? A number of our recent podcasts have been around disability in particular. So I'm just interested in knowing, you know, what things might be being discussed in your course around that and around that inclusion piece and and creating a, a better world for everybody in the aspects of interior architecture. Yeah, so um, that's a a very good question to have. And that's a question that we're constantly asked at university, um, the diversity of 
our society and how do we cater because not one person is above the rest. And especially when you're talking in spaces, a lot of people don't realise how biased spaces can be. In terms of disabilities, I think it's really great um, that the university does teach us about Australian standards and standards in general. So obviously there's the making sure that people can get into a space making sure that there's enough room to move around, whether it's that, you know, it's a wheelchair or making it easier so it's it's not a, a hike of stairs that you have to get up for the elderly. I think these things are definitely considered. I think, though, it's definitely more than just the standards that new designers need to be considering. And we are moving into a very politically correct way of being so I think it's even more important to be open-minded about how people feel how we can make them feel and making sure that we keep our spaces specific to the cause and open for the cause I really love that that's a primary driver for your course and where you're focusing on is something that I think we sometimes lose when we're studying. We, we, we study information when it's all about the wisdom that we're getting from that information that we can then pass on to others and create feelings, create benefits, you know, create those things that, that makes others' lives better. Thanks for passing that on today. It was a great message and um, good luck in the future. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Spoke on the bus on the way home from work. He was lost in the details of life. Each day was a blur, all work and no play. And how, how had it turned out this way? He told me his plan a short term escape, five weeks on the Bibbulmun track. Go it alone.
Every sense was engaged, his mind was as clear as the sky. Completely alone, no emails or phone. And 